This morning, I am speaking on uh, Palm Sunday. It's Palm Sunday. Happy Palm Sunday. So my title is Palm Leaves and a Donkey. And it's on Matthew uh, 27, verse 1 to 17. So I thought I would read this out first uh, so, you know, we can, we can see what we're talking about. So the, the verses are up on the screen. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, uh, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus said, sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village in front of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. And using them, uh, untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord needs them and he will send them at once. And this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet saying, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. And the disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them, and they brought the donkey and the colt and put on their cloaks, uh, put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. And most of the crowds spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches for the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and followed him were shouting, Hosanna, the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, and the whole city was stirred up, saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And then... Uh, Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons and he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And the blind and lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things he did and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never heard? Oh, with the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise. And leaving them, he went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. And that was Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem, which we're celebrating today. So um, I'll just quickly pray. Thank you, Father, for the amazing worship that we've had this morning. Thank you that you are good. Thank you that you speak to us. And I just pray this morning that you will use my words to... Um, to speak through them, Father, into the hearts uh, of all of us this morning, that we'd be challenged and inspired to go out and live lives um, as you, as Jesus did, Father. Amen. Okay, so, um, happy Palm Sunday. So let's set the scene of this, right? So 2,000 years ago-ish, um, Jesus had been causing, as you probably know, quite a stir for the last three years. And the raising of Lazarus really kind of tipped the euphoria over the edge. So this, this part is mentioned in all four Gospels, and in some of them they mention uh, Lazarus. Like, this is the guy that raised Lazarus. That's like, you know, really uh, taking this to the next level. And people were thinking, like, maybe this is the Messiah. This is the one we've been waiting for. And then um, Jerusalem is the center point of the world, the holy city, and Jesus has arrived, and it's absolutely buzzing. It's like, it's kind of like Hamden Park, you know, before like a massive concert, and everyone in it is like, yeah, we can't wait, come on, come on out. And the band are like inside their green room, just like having a drink, just chilling. And that's kind of what Jesus is doing, you know, he's just playing it cool. He's on the outside of Jerusalem with his disciples, just chilling, being like, Let's make them wait. Let's wait for the moment, you know? Let's do this. And everyone's getting really excited. They're like, Whoa, come on, come on. And then unlike the band at Hampton Park, Jesus comes out on his little donkey. You know, like, like this little unridden 
barely grown donkey. And, um, and nevertheless, the crowd go wild. And they wave around palm leaves and they're partying. They think, this is amazing. And it reminds them of this prophecy from Zechariah. Could this really be the Messiah? Oh, I've actually got a, there you go. There's a, there's a, a picture of Jesus riding in on a donkey. And unfortunately, you can't see the donkey because the contrast is not very good. But sorry about that. Um, there is a donkey there. It's a great picture, actually. Uh, but anyway. Um, so it's a picture of a leader. Like, or this, this whole thing raises this picture of a leader who's like on top of his game, you know, like a leader who is just ready to take the world by storm. And we get these all the time, you know, these political leaders who are going to come and change everything, well, euphoric and optimistic. And it usually doesn't end that well, but, you know, I won't tell you how this story ends because I don't want to spoil that for next week. Um, so <clears throat> what I want to talk about is palm leaves and a donkey today and strength. I actually want to talk about strength uh, because this is what uh, has been on my heart for quite a while. It's what I've been thinking about. Um, what is strength? I mean, what is strength? I mean, why, why not a bit of uh, audience participation? Anyone, anyone what, what comes to mind when they think of strength? Anyone got any ideas when I shout it out? Solid. Muscles. Yeah, solid. Strength, muscles, anything else? Come on, don't be shy. If there's anything that Hope Church isn't, it's shy. <laughs> Anyone? What's that? Undefeatable. Yes, undefeatable. Victorious. Victorious what? Endurance. Love it. I love it. So all these things, yes, 100% are about strength. And I want to talk a bit about strength. So first of all, palm leaves. Why palm leaves? I'm going to actually just check. What's that? There we go. Palm leaves. Here we go. That's why palm leaves. So in the Greek culture, uh, athletics was quite a big thing. And at these athlete, athletic events, when someone was a victor and they won, palm leaves were waved for the winners um, to celebrate the victory. Uh, another thing is Judas Maccabeus, 200 years before Jesus, he was thought of as maybe the Messiah. He was someone who led the Jews to take back Jerusalem and cleanse the temple. And everyone was like, yeah, maybe this is the Messiah. And they all waved palm branches as he came into Jerusalem as well. Um, as the conquering hero, and that was all very fresh in the in the minds of the Jews, and so this this idea of palm leaves represents strength and victory. And Jesus, you know, the first thing he did is he entered the temple courts, and he drove out all who were buying and selling there. Um, and uh, he said, "It is written, my house will be called the house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers." And the blind and lame came to him. Uh, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouted in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. I love that. I just love it. You know? And then I love it even more because uh, he just like kind of winds them up even further. He says um, he can't resist kind of rubbing it in when he says, have you never read? You know, they're like, because they ask the question, like, do you hear that these children are saying? And he's like, have you never read? Like, are you stupid? I thought you were like the, you know, I thought you knew the Bible and were like, you know, that you, you knew all these scriptures. And have you never even read that actually from the lips of children and infants, the Lord have called forth your praise? You never, never heard that? Oh, sorry. You know, and you could just imagine that they were like, oh, this guy, I want to kill this guy. You know, and they, they did actually want to kill him and succeeded. Oh, I'm ruining the story again, right? So Jesus um, 
I love him. I love Jesus. Don't you just sometimes just read the Bible and you read Jesus and you just think, oh, I love this guy. He's such a good guy. He's such a hero, such a beast, you know? He wasn't a people pleaser. He was not a nice guy. He was not just like, oh, my wee pal, this is my wee pal, Jesus. You know, like he wasn't, he was an absolute monster. Yeah? He was an absolute monster. Let's not forget that, right? In Christianity, it can be easy to focus on verses, and for many of my life growing up, verses uh, that were big were, were things that you know, like Paul, when he says, my power is made great in weakness, or be the lowest of all, and be the sum- servant of all, and be humble, and, and all these things. Um, and what we can hear is actually that Christianity is all about being weak, or that idea can kind of filter into it. And I want to kind of challenge that a bit, because you'll have to get to the end of the talk to fully hear me out here. But um, <laughs> Jesus is our model, yeah? And Jesus was not weak. There's nothing about Jesus that was weak. He was strong. He was, you know, whatever the kids want to call it. He was a weapon. He was a beast. You know, he, he would stand up to whoever. He was a radical. He was a revolutionary. He didn't care if it got him in trouble. It didn't care, he didn't care if it offended people. He stood up for the people no one would dare to. He gave a voice to the people who had no voice. Um, he touched the people you could not touch. He disobeyed the rules. He really annoyed the religious leaders so much they wanted to kill him. And to me, this is strength. This is, this is doing what needs to be done. Um, and maybe that's the definition I want to go with. Uh, strength, the capacity and will to do what needs to be done by T.R. Quant. I thought, I'd put, <laughs> I thought if I put my initials in there, then it would make it look more, you know, um, yeah, official. That's the official definition there, right? <laughs> um, and uh, you, you take it more seriously. So that, that was what I went with. <laughs> um, and the truth is the world needs people who are strong, people who tell the truth uh, when you're not allowed to or when it needs to be told, people who defend those who, who everyone else is wanting to throw stones at or people who have no defense, people who have endurance and toughness and solidity. And when you are strong, when you stand up against evil, when you speak the truth, it has an effect on everyone around you. And it will probably either wake them up or, and stir them up and encourage them or really offend and rile them up. You know? <laughs> but either way, it's exciting and it's an adventure. You know? And I can say, like, Jan's like, yeah, <laughs> love that. You know? like, it causes a reaction. That's, that's a bit of, it makes life worth, it makes life a bit more interesting, doesn't it? So, um, I wanted to talk a bit about culture uh, because strength is a big thing at the minute. I'm just going to just check. Oh, there we go. Just double checking what's there. Strength is a big thing at the minute in, in culture. Um, when I briefly uh, made videos on TikTok, Lord forgive me, um, it really gave you an insight, if nothing else, into what was popular in society, you know, and it was useful as a teacher to see what the, the kids were, were kind of into. Um, and one of these ideas is strength. Uh, it's very, very, there's, there's a lot of popular people out there who get a lot of airtime, um, especially with young men, but not limited to young men, um, who encourage and demonstrate values associated traditionally with masculine ideas of strength. So these, and they would say things like that often our culture has focused too heavily, too much on things like compassion and kindness, you know, which are good things, but 
They're not the whole story, and they're not everything. Um, these guys are focusing on characteristics for, that for most of my life, actually, growing up, weren't particularly pushed. Uh, things like discipline, like enduring hardship, or embracing hardship, like, you know, sitting in ice baths and, and going on ultra marathons and doing weights till, like, you're bleeding and stuff, and it's like, yeah, man. You know, taking on responsibility is another thing, just like seeking responsibility and speaking uh, truth regardless of who it offends. Um, and a lot of young people are loving this uh, because, to be honest, they don't want to be told. I find that a lot of people don't want to be told that they're fine, that, like, you know, life's good and they're fine they're, because they don't feel fine. They look at their life and they're not happy, and they actually want someone to come along who says, yeah, you're a mess. Actually, but you can do something about it. I don't know why I'm doing an American accent. <laughs> but, you know, I'm thinking like a strong marine kind of person. But you can do it. And here's a list of things that you can do. So in five years' time, you'll actually be like something you want to be. And that's incredibly empowering, isn't it? Like, actually. Um, and I think that these guys are often doing a lot of good and positive work in the lives of young people. But, there is a but. Because if strength goes too far, it, you know, this, the, the, my definition, interestingly, it doesn't, it's not necessarily a good thing, is it? I mean, it depends what doing needs to be done is. If your idea of what needs to be done is not a very good idea, then that strength is not going to necessarily be a good thing. Strength allows a lot of people to do a lot of bad things, let's be honest. So strength can tend towards power. It can tend towards lording over people, getting the women, the money, the cars, the status, um, stepping on whoever they need to to get what they want to be that life that they want to drive a Ferrari or whatever. You know? and, and, and some of these role models don't actually turn out to be uh, very good people. <laughs> but understanding something uh, about the importance of strength, uh, but, they, but they, even though they're not good, they understand something important about like, what the idea of strength is um, that I think has some truth in it. And therefore, people, uh, a lot of teenagers get really into it. And then society comes along really unhelpfully and starts to like, think, oh, these horrible teenagers are into these horrible people who aren't good. How can they be taking all this toxic stuff? You know, like, it's awful. All of our teenagers are terrible. You know, like we, we hear that sometimes, sadly. And then, and then they come up with plans to counter it, which is basically like just cancel it and don't have any dialogue with it. And let's then indoctrinate our kids with better ideas that aren't those terrible ones. And I'm there thinking, like, maybe, just maybe, like, it's your fault, <laughs> society. Maybe the fact is actually you haven't been telling them the whole story, giving them the whole truth, and so they've found it in unhealthy ways, and you could have presented it in a good, healthy, balanced way. And I kind of know someone who does. Um, and you've pushed them away. And, uh, and I can actually see it in their story with the religious leaders. You can imagine them <laughs> being like, how can these people be taken in with this guy, Jesus? How can they? Like, why are they doing this? And, well, maybe it's because what you're offering the people is really, really rubbish. <laughs> um, and that's kind of what Jesus told them over and over again, and they didn't like it. Um, so palm leaves, they represent the strength of Jesus, the victory, the power, and the rule. And now, the donkey. We've got, we got to get to the donkey. Um, so behold your king, 
This is, the, this is from Zechariah 9, verse 9. This is in, in the, the different accounts. They all uh, focus on, on this verse. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation as he, humble and mountain, mounted on a donkey. And um, this strong king, this Jesus, this victor, this powerful man, he didn't come in on his big war horse. You worship me. You know, like... Like you'd kind of expect from most of the leaders at that time. Like that's like in that world, that was what spoke. Strength was the thing that people responded to. Yes, like everyone was a tyrant <laughs> and everyone was under the rule of that tyrant. We can sometimes not realize how great like life is not in that world. Um, but um, the world, the word humble here uh, is, is literally any which can be... Uh, like it's usually used in the Bible for poor, afflicted, and humble. This is God. This is what he chose to ride. Um, and most of our motivational leaders choose Ferraris. <laughs> Jesus chose a donkey. And Jesus chose weakness time and time again. But here's the thing, like, and here's the thing I want to say. Generally speaking, weak people won't change the world. Like, think of all the inspirational people that you have in your books on your shelf and, and that you think about and all the people who changed the world in amazing ways. Those people were not weak. Um, they are they're generally inspiring characters who are strong. And Jesus was no different. And all the people in the Bible, Paul, who says, like, I embrace weakness. Look at Paul. He's not weak. The guy, like, was shipwrecked and, like, tortured and jailed and all sorts he was an absolute you know like he was he was not weak and i heard one of these motivational strong people um talk about this quote actually and he mentioned a quote which i'm not going to put up and he talks about it afterwards and he said if you are weak you can't choose to be strong you can't get like you can't get up in the morning and say i'm going to be strong today if you if you're weak you can't like look at a weight and be like i'm going to decide i'm going to lift that weight today Actually, whereas if you're strong, you can choose weakness. And here's the thing. Jesus was the strongest person I know of. He, was, he had unlimited strength. And yet, he chose weakness. He chose humility. He chose to be lowly. He chose to be poor, afflicted. All these things, humble. Um, and the ultimate weakness and humiliation was to follow just a week later when Again, spoiling the story. Crowds would be mocking and jeering and shouting scorn at him and he'd be crucified as a criminal. And um, like, again, uh, Paul goes on to say, like, you know, the whole idea of the crucifixion is, is a stumbling block to the Jews. It's like, it doesn't make any sense to the Jews. And it's absolute ridiculous hilarity to the Gentiles. Like, what a joke. That's your king, crucified. Uh, because they understood, um, you know, it was, it was offensive. And yet, we fast forward a week, and Jesus is standing before Pilate, and he chooses to say nothing, and to, to stand there, weak and pitiful, yeah? Yeah, you could think that. But when I imagine, like, Jesus standing there, like with all these religious leaders behind him being like, bleh, bleh, and he's just like, whatever, I'm just going to stand here. And Pilate, when you read the accounts, it seems like Pilate was the one who was kind of shaking 
I'm like, oh, what do I do with this guy? This guy, who is this guy? He was like freaked out by this man. He was having bad dreams and everything. He was like, I don't want anything to do with this guy. As this guy just stood solid, staring. They were like, who is this guy? That's when I read it again. I'm like, yeah, I love that my hero is so cool. Right. So I want to conclude this. Um, We are all different. Thank the Lord. You know, and we're strong in different ways. And strength looks different in different situations. And we need each other. And we need each other's strength. Um, I want to finish with a a little, um, or something that hit me hard that I didn't kind of expect last week, which was uh, the absolute pleasure of attending um, uh, Andrew Bridges' funeral and to hear these amazing eulogies and uh, memories from his friends and family and children uh, was utterly beautiful. And he was a guy who had unbelievable strength. And that's what came out of this, was that... um, his strength was built more and more every single day that he had to endure his debilitating disease. And he was a man who, had, who, who, who they'd speak of as having hardship all his life. He, like, you know, he just kind of, things didn't go. Uh, he, he threw the, the, the rough dice so many times, it seemed, from what, what people said. And yet, what came out is that he never complained. He didn't complain and he didn't let it turn to bitterness and despair. You know, this was hard for <laughs> it was hard for me to listen to because, you know, if anyone's ever had the privilege of playing a game of settlers against me, I quickly realized that when the when the when the dice is not rolled in my favor, I quickly start making this known that the world is against me and and that it's unfair and that Steve knows. He understands. It turns out to be a useful tactic actually in winning. But um it's not very enjoyable for everyone else, it, it, so it appears. Um, but this, but Andrew, you know, he, he didn't get the dice thrown. He didn't get the dice thrown, and yet he chose to smile. He chose to joke. He chose to worship. He chose to encourage. And I will never know the pain and the difficulty that it took for him to walk into a surface each week, and yet I would watch him worshiping with his whole heart, and he would come after me each service and thank me with a massive smile on his face for the worship. And it was like, you know, it was a massive uh, encouragement for me. And it was so inspiring to hear of this, like the strength. Um, that his, and his source of strength came from somewhere deeper than what these leaders speak of. The, like our Lord, our rock, our strong foundation. The wise man builds his house on the rock. His strength is, um, is in the Lord. And and I think that strength is actually often one of these things that often gets overlooked. Um, oh, I actually managed to. I meant to have a picture, sorry, when I said that. So, uh, from the funeral, which are, which are beautiful pictures. Um, and I think that strength is often something that gets overlooked. And you only realize when it's gone, you don't realize uh, the strengths of the foundations of your house, do you? They're not like thinking, oh, I walk out of my house and think, oh, I'm so thankful this house has foundations. Yeah, back to work. You know, like, it's not something that, it's just taken for granted. But if someone all of a sudden, like, played a magic trick and was like, foundation's gone, it wouldn't be very fun. Your house would fall down pretty quickly. Like, when strength is not there, stuff crumbles pretty quickly. 
Um, and it's something that gets built slowly through the day-in, day-out struggle, the day-in, day-out habits that we build, the disciplines that we cultivate, the day-in, day-out choices that we make so that we have the capacity and the ability to do what needs to be done. And, you know, my savior is not any of these guys um, that we talked about, the motivational people. My savior is Jesus. He was a man who could take on any intellect. Um, he could say whatever to whoever. He was unfazed and unflustered by anyone, even the devil himself. And he was fearless. And he knew that he had infinite resources at his disposal. He was a man who hung on a cross a week later and saw the angry faces taunting him. And I always think of this, you know, as he's standing there, he could have just decided to end it all. He could have turned to bitterness. He could have been like, meteor, boom! Yeah, that felt good, you know? He could have done that, but he didn't. He chose to hang on the cross as a criminal. And, and my savior has an adventure for me and he has all the resources I could ever need. But it's not gonna be easy. It's gonna take a lot of hard work and hard choices, but it's gonna be amazing. And so today we celebrate our leader, our model and inspiration, our King, King Jesus. Happy Palm Sunday.